Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Wednesday night. I'm going to do the tefillah now. I don't think we're going to have a, uh, what do you call it, a uh, haftarah this week. That's what it looks like. Nobody's here. All right. But we'll do the tefillah one, which is always sponsored by Mishpacha Stavansky. And because I mentioned the other day, this, uh, what bothered me, this uh, petition signed by these hundred professors or whatever it is, so I put my against Israel. No, the Israel should go out of business, no less. Uh, so it made me think of Alam al So I mean, it's funny. It's not funny, but it's what it is. And here we come to the question of the flexibility of prayers. I'm talking about, again, always this monastery over here. Flexibility of prayers. Lama <clears throat> Shinim, I think everybody knows, is um, the 19th uh, of the 18 brachas of Shimon Asri, as we call them. And it was added on later, the Gemara says. <clears throat> and if you're talking about a very specific historical providence, I think we kind of know, many of us, that uh, the Gemara says that, uh, again, Rabbi Gamliel uh, uh, commissioned, who was it, Shemola Cotton or somebody, to, to write it up. <clears throat> and the original context was against the Jews for Jesus. That's what it seems like. Or something like that. <clears throat> when I say something like that, um, pretty rarely uh, we have a description in the Gemara, actually uh, somewhere else also, that uh, gives a little bit of historical background for this particular paragraph. We don't have historical backgrounds for the other Shemonastery. There's that Gemara, that Bryce in the Megillah, where they, you know, sort of in an artificial way, say, why does Avos and then Gvoros, <coughs> Kedusha, you know, and, and they adduce Pesukim, as a, as a kind of a homiletical or artificial kind of way. But uh, I'm sure there's a reason for it, but, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't make much sense to me. This isn't that the Gemara puts together as far as Pashat Shah is concerned. That's my take. However, Ramoshina, we know. And that has to do with the fact, a little bit of history, that when the base images were destroyed, that's around the time when the original Christianity arose, <clears throat> uh, maybe a decade or two beforehand, and uh, it's unclear, you know, uh, leaving out questions of the historicity of Jesus and so forth. And uh, the original Christians were Jews for Jesus, uh, which means that they were one of many sects that was running around at that time. The Second Temple period was characterized by sectarianism. Uh, today's Judaism also had a different sort of sectarianism. I'm talking about at that time. And you had the Sadducean, the Sadducees, and the Basus, and the Boethians, and the Esim, uh, the Essenes, and, and others as well. And one of them was the Christians. It's not the only one. It's one of them. And uh, this poisoned the Jewish life and radically complicated things vis-a-vis the Romans. We're about to start the three weeks on Sunday. And by Shani, the second temple is the three weeks culminates, of course, in destruction of the temple 
in the year 70 by Titus. Uh, but there's a background to that. You can look it up in Josephus. And, um, of course, what's happening is that uh, the Jews were torn by different factions, theological and otherwise. And they were radically disunited. And the Romans, they will come in and play one off against the other and wipe out the Jews. That's the bottom line. You know, there's a lot more to what I just oversimplified, but that's what it is. That's the medium that they talk about. Medium, different types, different sects. The hope was that with the destruction of the temple and of Jerusalem, you get rid of these medium, these sectarians. Uh, and it kind of happened. Without being overly historical, look at the century or two before the destruction of the temple. It's full of all these different Sadduceum and different types. And then look at the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls is one of those nutball groups from that time. <clears throat> one of many. Um, now look about after the destruction of Beis Amish. No one's left standing except the Tanoim, the rabbis. That's when rabbinical Judaism comes on its own. How come you don't hear from the others? Sounds like they, they, they departed the scene. Why would they depart the scene? First of all, nobody knows. But the suggestion that been made, at least the from suggestion, uh, look at Doris Rishonim, for example, is that these groups were mainly interested in power which and money, that, which of a politics basically has to offer, power and money. And by radical surgery, there is no more power and money once the temple is destroyed. That whole money and power thing is just simply physically gone. And you understand that's it's a, it's a radical solution to the problem. No temple is no priesthood to fight over, no carbonus, no money coming in, and so forth. And similarly, with the physical destruction of Jerusalem, which was laid flat, you know, you know Jerusalem was wiped out. As a city, there's no more na um, national headquarters, no government, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And it, once again, there's no, no politics and no power and money to offer. And so the suggestion is made, which makes sense to me, um, that, uh, you know, these guys simply, uh, what's the right word, assimilated, became Roman, and moved to Egypt, moved to Syria, and became Gaia. Okay, that's what it is. So the only ones left standing were the Frum, which is a theme in Jewish history. The Frum are not smarter or better or good debaters against the non-Frum, but they just outlast them. You understand? They outlast them. It looks like that's the trend today. I'm not saying in a happy way, but it looks like that's the trend today. We're certainly not smarter than the others or better arguers or debaters, but you know, it's, it's a matter of outlasting, okay? Uh, by definition, the firm lifestyle, you know, perpetuates the group and so on and so forth. But one exception to this, and maybe there were others, I just told you a suggestion, but we don't know for sure, was the Jews for Jesus. This was a group that started before the Second Temple was destroyed, and grew afterwards, as we all know, the Christian religion became humongous, eventually took over the Roman Empire. And in its original iteration, it was Jewish. You don't necessarily have to know the history of the church. Why would you? But uh, for a long time, within Christianity, only a born Jew could hold office and be a bishop or something like that in the original church until they changed it. So, according to that, this was a big threat, as the rabbi saw it. Because these guys were flesh or flesh, blood or blood. They were from within the community. And they were going into the shoals and everywhere 
and trying to spread this stuff. And uh, drove the rabbis crazy. And they said, that's all we need. Now we lost the base of Migdash. Not enough of a korban and everything else that we was destroyed. Now we have to have this on top of us. And so uh, one way they came up with it was to say, we'll put a bracha that everybody has to say every day in the Shem and ring, uh, cursing him out. And it's unlikely, I mean, anybody could lie and fake it, but a real believer is not going to do that. You know, I'm not comparing the same, but just to give you an idea what I'm talking about, just for purposes of giving example, would you tell a Satmer, you know, he say, I cursed the Satmer Rebbe, something like that. He can't even say it. Tell Lubavitcher, I cursed Lubavitcher. Even if you say, well, you're doing it for spy purposes or something like that. Lubavitcher wouldn't do it even if he was trying to infiltrate for a spy. You know, if Ellie Cohn was Lubavitcher, he wouldn't do it. So that was a theory. So if you make everybody say like this, or in the original Nusach, it was Hamashumadim That's the historians say the original Nusach was Mushumadim would be, you know, these guys, the Jews for Jesus. So, um, right? If, the, if, if it's going to be that kind of Nusach, the guy can't say it, especially maybe say it once. He can't say it three times a day, you know? He can't do it. And that way you weed them out. Uh, it was an era when you had, as they say, very sectarian practices trying to worm their way into Judaism, often under the guise of being more Mahmer than the others. That's usually how a cult starts. It's to the right, not to the left. It pushes itself as more strict. That's why we're always very suspicious. Somebody comes with a new uh, from shtick. You know, it's like, like where did this come from? You get it? And you say, what's the problem with being more from? That's not the traditional uh, way. Traditional way is, where did you pick this up? I'll give you an example. These nuts that wear a burqa, you know, in Israel. Uh, really? Your grandmother didn't do that. <laughs> like, better yet, the Moshe Feinstein's grandmother didn't do that. Dachiezer's wife didn't do that. When you're coming like this, it's a cult. And I've always had my own theories about this. In my personal experience, anybody that ever comes to me, I'm serious about this. You know, complaining with things to the right, usually there's something sexual problem wrong with them. It's uh, I, maybe I've said it before. I've I've experienced this many times. I've I've lived uh, a few years now, and I've seen this over and over again. It's very it's very interesting, by the way. But be that as it may, you had, for example, some of you will re- remember uh, some of the early Christians. The, the Minim said, "I'm only davening in white clothes." Remember that? It's a mission in Megillah, you know, or uh, or something in gold. I forget what it's based uncle, whatever. There were certain practices which seemed to be more demanding, and therefore they were seen as a sign of forming of a cult. Because usually you form a cult by making more extreme demands. And in order to suppress this, they actually created a bracha they put into Shaman Esrei, where it's a what do you call it? Shumadim, alti let there be no hope for the Mishumadim. That'll be the converse. Of, Mishumad means uh, here is someone destroyed, you know, Shemad. In, in this in simple Hashmid Harag, you know. And, um, you know, it'll be like that. And then the person won't be able to say it. And that's the general idea. Um, and it kind of worked. Uh, at least it seems to be. This whole approach that I just described is uh, written up in a famous uh, book, which is not an accurate book, it's a legend. But it was Konish Shvis among the Jews, is a legend, called Toldus Yeshu, which was written, I think, in the 4th century. That's a long time ago. But you know something? They wrote baloney stuff <laughs> In the time of the time of Amorim. Just because a book is written in the time of the Bible doesn't mean it's not a bunch of baloney. 
the books in the Bible are not baloney, but somebody who wrote a book at the time of the Bible doesn't mean that it's true. Or, uh, you know, or in the Second Temple or the time of Gomorrah, all the rest of it. And so and told us, yeah, should they have all these legends and things like this? And one of them is the famous legend or the famous story where, just as I described, they couldn't get rid of these Jews for Jesus. They for drink everybody a cup, you know, and, you know, or something like that. I'm mean, really, I'm serious. And what they did was they hired somebody, uh, Shimon uh, Kaifa, and he should infiltrate their headquarters and redirect them into a different religion. And, of course, the Christians eventually morphed into a different religion. Right? A Gaisha religion. At that point, there's no curse against them. You want to have another religion, it's another religion. Just don't interfere, don't infiltrate the Jewish headquarters. You understand? Don't interfere with our religion. You have another religion, there's no, you know, there's no curse of the Christians in the davening. You understand? In the Shimon Esrei. Nothing like that. Somebody wants to have another religion, that's fine. Everyone finds God the way they find it. You know? Sometimes people's witch. But if it's within Yiddishkeit, and it was a big problem, and the original bracha of Lama Shemadim is supposed to reflect that. <laughs> Even though what I just said is the historically correct version of the story, you're not going to be surprised to see that over the centuries, Jews, uh, more learned, less learned, took it as, you know, uh, cursing out enemies in general. <clears throat> right? If they're under the Muslims, under the Christians, under the, the hookahukas, you know, hot and tots, whatever it is, and the enemies of the Judean anti-Semites. And uh, therefore, the original Nus of Mishamadim got played around with and changed. I would say that this paragraph is the most played around with and changed and variegated of all the brachas of Shemona Esrei, for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Maybe the government in certain places, you know, censored it. Maybe the Jews self-censored it. All kind of stuff like that. So I'm looking here now on the screen. It's Nusach HaSafaradim, Nusach Sfard, Nusach Yechzidish, Nusach Ashkenaz, Nusach Temani, Nusach Italia, Nusach Romania, which will be the Byzantine Empire, the Romanian Jews, Nusach Provence, Nusach Arena, Nusach Catalonia. And they're all roughly the same, but they're all slightly different. For example, the Nusach HaSafaradim is... Uh, I mean, the real Sephardim. La'aminim v'la'malshinim, alti sikvav, cholazenim karega yovei, v'chol yivecha, v'chol sonecha, mehiru karetu, u'malchus harishov, mehiru ta'akir se'shabris mager. So there's a reference to malchus harishov, the bad malchus, which can mean a lot of different things. Uh, I imagine they were referring to a, a kingdom that was anti-Semitic or something like that. Uh, then you have Nusach Sephard, which they say in my shul, the Hasidic thing, even though I didn't grow up like that. So you see how you just did it? You Malshinim on the one hand, Malminim on the other. The Malshinim. So look what happened. The word Mishamonim eventually came to be replaced with Malshinim. A Malshin is someone who's a Moser, you know, who tells Loshar, tells them the guy among the Jews. Uh, Mesir is a widespread phenomenon. We're having a case of it now in Baltimore, actually. <laughs> For those interested in tempests and the teapot, and uh, um, and Malshin was always the great enemy of Jewish people. He's a traitor from within the ranks. It goes and forms under others. There's never been a Jewish community. I know history. There's never been a century of Jewish community that didn't have Malshin. I'm sorry to say, this is the way it goes. It goes back to Dosan Aviram because Dosan Aviram told Moshe, 
which was a negative reference not only to Malshinim, which are tattletales, but also to Minim. Right? So, in other words, the Sidurim that I had as a kid and all the rest of it were redone probably in the 19th century to make them politically correct because this is a potentially uh, um, dangerous uh, paragraph uh, that could cause trouble. But not the way it's restructured. In other words, instead of if you read it that way, it's politically correct. May all the enemies of the Lord be destroyed. Well, who's who's against that? How can you criticize that? If you say then you're being a little more uh which is the original Nusuch, then you're being politically engaged. Okay? Uh do you really mean What about all these Arab terrorists and junk like that? They're trying to kill everybody. Yeah, right? So that's the person that's talking. Oh, really? That's a very illiberal uh, sentiment. I repeat, that's a very illiberal sentiment. Uh, why don't you just say it's a teachable moment? Heck with that. So in other words, the Lashim are very blunt. You get it? And expressed the feelings of the helpless Jews down the centuries. All they could do is pray. But, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in favor of all the Nazis, Mary Caruso. Why not? You see? Uh, and then you have the reference to the Zaydim, which is always very unclear. But Zaydim, and so forth. Zaydim is, is arrogant, okay? By the way, the Yemenites have it, so they still have the old way. Right? Isn't that interesting? The Yemenites, right? The mainline Yemenites. They're pretty blunt, baby. <laughs> and then they have Machazod and Taka And, you know, I happened to look in the Abishats and the Yarastavash for a minute to see what he says about this. Uh, nothing that would uh, be of use to me other than uh, the fact that he talks about Machazod and Seakir Seshaber, something like that. So in Germany, they were saying in his time. The Italian, Minakir is Lamashinim, Lamashinim, Balti, Sikva. <laughs> so there's no reference to uh, and all that. And then it says and, and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, again, so you want a very blunt one? The Nusuch Romania, the Romaniot, the Greek Jews, let's put it that way. They had a pretty extensive list over there. You know, probably in the Byzantine Empire, uh, they really had were plagued with these uh, informers and things like this. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it was. You understand? Now, in each one of these cases, um, what are you exactly praying for? Uh, I'll say it again. You're trying to manage the problem. Trying to manage the problem. Let me use as a template... The Nusuk Sprite. That's what I've gotten used to. I grew up as Ashkenaz. Never said a Nusuk Sprite in my life. And now, last 20-some years, because I'm in Shul, that's why I Shul, now I'm the dominant all-time Nusuk Sprite. So, let's go with this. So, what does that mean? These are Yidden. Um, they are Malshinim. And so, what you're saying, you're not saying kill them, but you're saying frustrate their plans. Let there be no hope. Frustrate their plans. There should be no hope. Uh, like this, 100 people have signed a petition. You're not saying kill them, but you're saying make this petition go nowhere. I'll teach Sikvo, right? Because that's just interesting, okay? And you're, I'll tell you again what I said. 
You're never going to get rid of Malshinim. It's just part of the Jewish community. It's how it goes. I wish it wasn't that way, but from the Bible down till today, you just have to understand, from every hundred Jews, you're going to have X number that are like that. Isaiah gave us for a hundred different reasons, right? For a thousand different reasons. So what you're doing every day is saying, listen, I have people in my community, in my show, wherever it is, they're going to be like this. I'll teach sick folk. Let them not have hope uh, that their plans will, will, will work. If they don't have hope that the plans will work, maybe they'll shut up. Again, I'm going with Rezegler. You want the minim to, to be Yovedu. Minim is a funny word. It could refer to the different types of Judaisms today. You know, reform, conserve, this, that, tutti, fruity, whatever. In which case, I want to point out, you're not talking about people, you're talking about movements, which are on the way out. Right? This is a process happening. Uh, if you're Satmer, you'll put in, you know, the uh, designers, whatever. You know, call meaning regular So, um, but then, then you get really blunt. Uh, again, I'm using the Nusach uh, Sfar, which I think was originally the regular Nusach of Ashkenaz also before the PC um, Sidurim. You have to realize, uh, you and I, for centuries, have been at the mercy of the Sidur publishers. They put in, did whatever they want. This is a matter of historical fact. That's why you used to drive the Rabbanim crazy in the old days, in the 15th, 16th, 1700s, when the printing press came out. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry could put out Sidurim. They're always worried. You know, the, the, the wording is wrong, the dictic is wrong. They throw words in, like in Al-Moshina, with a lot of words, they'll take out a word. I remember that's why, what was it? In Devada Barasas back in the 1600s, commissioned this guy, Shabtai Sofer. I have a sitter somewhere. In which they said, we want you to write, he was like Mr. Sitter, Diktuk and all that. He should write out a correct Nusuch and divide our baratism in the kingdom of Poland, which was huge, said every community has to have one copy of the Sitter as a master copy, so you know if this the Sitter you're using in Shul is correct or not. Called the Shabtai Sofer Sitter. And the way the Sitter works is, it has the Nusuch at the top and at the bottom, it actually spells out in full letters. The guy was blind. It's all the story, maybe I'll do it one time. Uh, you know, like I'll give you an example. Baruch, and the bottom will say is Bays with an A, Rish with an U, with a with a uh, Shuruk, whatever, and the Kuf is a silent. Baruch Atov, Alf with a Patach, and then Tuf with a dot, meaning a, a Dogesh, and uh, under the O is is you it spell these words out. Will be a comments, so that way there couldn't be any uh, printing errors. You see, so um, okay, so you're stuck with these uh, with these printer guys. But when it came to the Lama Shindim, uh, especially in the Hasidic publishers, they were going the opposite direction, add more stuff in. <laughs> so, that's very interesting. You want all the enemies of your people to be cut off, to be wiped out. Uh, and, and we do. Um, I do. I do. Uh, the people want to kill me, I want them dead. Uh, I'll say it again. The people want to kill me, I want them dead. Now, uh, that's not going to solve the problem. The reason I say not solve the problem, the sinner keeps coming. Uh, there'll be new ones to take their place. Right, that's why you dive three times a day. I'm just trying to show you. It's not a prayer that says, give us a final solution to this problem. There is none. As long as there's no Mashiach time, something like it, there's always going to be this stuff. That's why it's part of Shemin Esrei. And, you know, let me put it this way. They got rid of the Nazis in World War II, but then the Arabs, all this stuff popped up in their place. You see? Uh, so it's a problem that has to be managed. 
like as it would seem Shalom. That's a basic approach to dominating, in my opinion. You're not looking for solutions, uh, because then you don't need God, so to speak. You're looking to, to, for a problem to be managed, then you need God every minute. right? To manage a problem, then you need God every minute. And the whole point of the Shaman is to make you feel that you need God every minute. That's that's the basic idea of Shaman You're supposed to come away with the feeling, you know, I just went through all my list of stuff, Rufueno and Barcalino, all the rest of it. I need Hashem's help every minute. That puts you in the right frame of mind. That's what they had in mind to do. And then when it says Vazedib, so this is kind of funny. Because again, this is Nusasfard. So how many of these verbs you got? Six verbs. Is this rhetorical? Let me put it this way. There's two ways of thinking about this that strike me. A and B. The first one is simply say it's rhetorical, which is totally possible. In other words, I want you dead, busted, drawn, quartered, smashed, bashed, crushed, you know, atomized, and it's as as rhetoric. You understand? Because once a person is crushed, there's nothing left for him to do anything else. But you don't, you know, pick it apart philologically and say, "Why are you repeating yourself?" You have superfluous words. When you're angry at somebody, you're trying to express passion. You use all kind of stuff. I love you. I adore you. I worship you. I this, that, and the other. Well, if you love me, I understand the other things. It's a language of rhetoric. So I'm sure plenty of people. Say like this, wipe them out, something like that. That's one way of doing it. And it's, an, you know, that works too. The other one is 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 a more, uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, I've seen it sometimes. Let, let me put it this way. There are a lot of enemies out there. And Zaydim is not even the enemies exactly. It's the arrogant ones that support the enemies. Right? You already spoke about Chalivei Amcha Mehei Gereso. Who are the Zaydim? The Zaydim are the ones that are uh, helping them. Uh, I hate to say this, but now in recent events, last couple of years, we see a lot of these mushrooms popping up out of nowhere, and people support these uh, these bad moves. Uh, that's why you have all these uh, idiots that send all this anti-Semitism on the Twitter and the internet and all the rest of it. They're Zaydim, you understand? Now, there's all kinds, obviously. There are the facilitators, the supporters, the uh, the ones who simply, what's the right word, are silent in the face of evil. There's a hundred variations on it. Okay, so then now you have to become like, uh, who would be like the Malbim, you know? Se'aker applies to group A. Se'shaber applies to group B. Smager, which is to crush, applies to group C. Se'chaleb is to exterminate, to wipe him out. I mean, if if you're literal about that, there's nothing left after that. Vasash Belaim. So you're talking about another beat. So what he means is like this: you're dividing anti-Semites up into old group. The real bad ones, you know, the hardcore group, whatever, Sechalim. Those that are uh, rising in office, uh, you know, uh, elected office thing, Tash Belaim. Those who are arrogant, Tachniyeb. Those who are, uh, you know, uh, using institutional power, se'aker. You see what I'm saying? No, I just made this up. Because I'm fairly intelligent. So you can use any, you know, just use your mind for a minute. I'm serious. When you say Shemana you're supposed to use your mind. So, um, I'll just give an example off the top of my head. Yeah, just like, you know, uh, these congresswomen now, you know, the Arab woman and all the rest of them, Tash Belain. 
What does that mean? Lose lose the next election, something like that, right? You know, that, that sort of thing. Now, that's just an example of what I'm talking about. But um, it's, a, it's a lot of room for thought there. Because Se'akir is one thing, Se'shabir is another thing, Se'magir is another thing. Se'shabir sounds like, hey, you know, uh, those have a big weapon system or something like that. I don't know. Uh, you, you have to follow the news every day. There are plenty of these foreign countries that are supporting the worst terrorist elements and all the rest of it, either openly or, or clandestinely. And Vlamashinim calls your attention to it every day. Now, that's not the only Shemonesri. I think there's something wrong with a guy that runs through the whole Shemonesri and just stops Vlam Hashinim. Uh, but at least he's identifying with Klai Yisrael. At least he's not being a Moser. At least he's not being a Malshin. At least he's not being what we call Poresh. <laughs> I mean, that's Um And that's why, in many ways, Vlamashinim is the most interesting paragraph. In other ways, not. But in many ways, it's the most interesting paragraph. Uh, in history, it used to be watched by the censors. Therefore, like I said, he always had to play around with the word. And it fits back-to-back back with the next paragraph of Al-Sadiqin, which is the reverse of this, because you're counting everybody who wants to be part of Kali Yisrael. Not that they're all Shema Shabbos necessarily, when part of Kali Yisrael. But uh, I don't want to run through that, so I'll save that for consideration next time. Uh, I hope that all these guys that uh, that did this will have a change of heart, and they'll switch from the they'll switch from being the subject of the paragraph of Malshinim, and they'll do tshuva, and they'll therefore afterwards be part of the paragraph of Al Tzadikim, um, and be part of the Oleno. Anyway, that's at least a pious hope. Uh, you're not supposed to wish bad on people, or you didn't, but it's a I still think it's a pretty disgusting thing what they did. But Vlam is is uh, I don't know how anybody who's paying attention, if the mind is wandering, that's a different story. I don't know how anybody who's paying attention can do Vlam without being passionate about it in some fashion or other. At least that's my opinion. Once again, I want to thank the Stefanskis. And uh, with that, we close down. I think this might be the last one of the week. We'll see. Anyway, have a good shot. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.